Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Before we get into the episode, make sure you get your hands on our free Budget Babe travel guide to learn the top 10 ways you can be saving hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your next travel adventure. Get the guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com slash free. This segment of our podcast is called The Check-In, where we both update you guys on where we've been traveling and life updates in 60 seconds or less before we get into the episode. Hey guys, it's Joy and I'm checking in from Florida. I am back home for winter break, but I won't be home for long. Um, Next week, I have my squad retreat to Jamaica, so next Thursday, we're heading out for that, and I'm just getting everything else finalized for my squad retreat, which is separate from Melanin and Miles, but Janelle will also be there, so it's my YouTube subscribers and other followers who were invited to the squad retreat, and we're going to Montego Bay, so I'm getting everything planned out and finalized for that, and also just everything else for the holidays and that good stuff. So I am finally just not being jet lagged, so that's great because Thailand took a lot out of me, so it's great to finally be back on a normal sleeping schedule. Hey everyone, it's Janelle checking in, and I'm just getting through finals week. It's a lot of stress right now, but then luckily on Friday I get to leave and I'm going to the Grand Cayman Islands before um, going to Jamaica for Joy's squad retreat. So I have a lot coming up in the next two weeks, and I'll keep you guys updated through these check-ins. Hey guys, welcome back to Melanin and Miles. Today we are introducing a brand new series within the podcast called Interviews Around the World, where we are going to be interviewing other dope young black women who have lived or studied in a different country. So for the series, we have interviews set up with women who have been in almost every continent. And this week we are talking to Ayana, who studied in South America. Yeah, so in this episode, we're going to start off with a good friend of mine, Ayana Colhane. She's a graduate graduating senior that also goes to Hampton University. She studies psychology with a minor in Spanish, and over the summer, she did a study abroad program in Argentina. So welcome, Ayana. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We'll just start off with some quick questions. So basically, how did you decide you wanted to study abroad in general? Like, what made you want to do any type of program? Yeah, for sure. Well, I have a minor in Spanish, like you kind of already said. Mm. And essentially, the only way to complete your minor at Hampton is to study abroad. So that was like a big motivating factor. But I also always wanted to travel outside of the country. It was my first time going outside of the United States. So that was a big motivating factor this year because I also had a scholarship for it so I could actually afford to go. So that's 
as part of the like pushing thing. Nice. Yeah, money is always helpful. (laughs) And then what made you pick Argentina? Like I was um, looking for any Spanish speaking country and that was the only one that fit with my schedule this summer because I had an internship too earlier. Um, like in the July months, June and July months. And so that was the only one that allowed me to travel like at the end of July and then like during August. Wow. So like, did you have like opposed to going or are you just like, nah, this fits. I'm gonna go. <laughs> to it was a combination of both. Cause like I heard a lot, I didn't know a lot about Argentina, but when I like picked it for the first time when it was introduced to me, I found out that it was like a very white Latin American country. And I was kind of intimidated by that. But after that, I was kind of like, you know what? It fits this opportunity. Like I'm gonna go ahead and go for it. Okay. That's hmm. okay. <laughs> we'll get more into like the culture sides of things yeah. <laughs> later. But um well like what was your actual program like how long was it like did you take classes yeah so I studied abroad I took two classes or six credits worth of classes there it was one class that was like four hours a day every weekday and the program was called CIS abroad it's a generally new program I think they've been running for maybe like six to ten years they came to Hampton to advertise themselves during a study abroad fair and that's how I got in contact with them but um they offer like different internships and things that like students can do for the entire summer or maybe even a semester if you wanted to do like winter or like spring or fall or whatever and I went for a month so mine was only a four-week program did you stay with like a host family or do you have like an apartment living it was that was the intention I was supposed to stay with a host family and I stayed in the in the home of like a family that owned the home but they didn't actually live there so I stayed with other American students and they would come every once in a while to like cook dinner sometimes have lunch and speak to you one of the people that lived there was the daughter of the mother that owned the house and she would like take us out sometimes but Mm. it was like a pseudo home style type situation cool cool. all right nice that's I guess I don't know because I was like in a really like deep host family situation so that's kind of different like I kind of like that like how yours was set up it was definitely more freedom yeah I feel like that would have been nice Okay, cool. And so I, did like uh, the hosts, I have a question. Did the hosts like speak English or Spanish? And like, were the other students there like from the U.S.? Yeah, all the students were from the U.S., so different parts. They were all like younger than me too. They were like sophomores and juniors. The host family only spoke Spanish to me when I spoke Spanish to them, when they actually saw that I wanted to take the initiative to speak. But for the other students that lived there, I don't think they were as fluent in Spanish because they didn't study it. So they would speak in English with like our host family. And what about your classes? Were they in English or Spanish? <sighs> full Spanish there was no English whatsoever (laughs) and the thing about Argentina is their dialect is so different because certain like fundamental speaking like they don't use like if you were to say like you have a cat like tu tienes un gato they would say like vos tienes un gato like there are grammatical things that are so different in the way that they speak so when I first got there I felt like I had no idea what was going on But it was absolutely no English whatsoever. That's crazy. Yeah, I completely forgot like the dialects. Yes. <laughs> are yeah, so I had a similar thing in Madrid, like because they use vosotros. But like honestly, I didn't. I just like spoke in the two form, and they're like, "Okay, I know what you're saying." I was like, "You cannot <laughs> pretend you don't know what I'm saying right now because you watch TV probably." <laughs> and like, yeah. I feel like. Spanish speaking TV uses either or like so I feel like I would think so but like when I was there if I if you were like in a local store they would not respond to you if you didn't say both oh. <laughs> they would just look at you like and say no 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 at the end it's like this. and I was what? Just, that's <laughs> a lie bro that's what I was thinking but they really did not respond <laughs> to me and their accent too like their Y sound they don't do the Y like it's not Kaye or it's not Ayana they would say Aishana or oh, Kashi yeah like a sh- 
what that's like almost like portuguese right so it's their own like oh my gosh spanish um, wow where where is brazil or where is argentina in relation to brazil is it close? i feel like so there's this place called um what's it called it's like one of the seven wonders of the world but it's this water aguazu falls they have this place called aguazu falls in argentina and on one side is argentina the other side is the brazilian side oh okay, so i think okay. they're right adjacent Okay. That makes so much sense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, Now I guess we're going to transition into the meat of the show while we're all here. What was it like being Black in this white Latin American space? (laughs) Girl, it was honestly, I think being at an HBCU for such a long time almost desensitized me to being in like a world where white people exist. And not in a bad way. Oh my God. (laughs) I wasn't accustomed anymore. And when I went to Argentina, it was kind of a double hitter of like feeling like the only person of color in my program. So even with the American students, I was the only black person there, let alone black woman. And then in Argentina, a lot of their history is like (laughs) geared in like a lot of racism and prejudice. So there's really not a lot of people of color or indigenous people there either. And a lot of the people that live there look very European. Like there's a lot of people of Italian, German, Jewish descent. If there are immigrants there, then they're from like Venezuela or maybe Paraguay or Uruguay. And not a lot of them embrace like being, they just don't look like people of color. And for the people of color that do exist there, they're very much underground. So I didn't see a lot Mm -hmm. of black people. I didn't see a lot of indigenous people. I was there, but I didn't feel ostracized size like publicly because I think locally if I would walk around the only time I could look at is if I had my hair out because I have like a really big like blonde fro and I would get like stares from like the older people that live there but it felt very the first like two weeks I was super uncomfortable honestly wow what city were you in Buenos Aires oh, okay so it was like a, at least a major city so it was yeah. like okay huge was city it like, like go ahead. you said you felt like really uncomfortable was it like what did people say things to you or were they just like not interacting with you like what made think, it uncomfortable I almost want to say like I don't think people in my program knew how to interact with me in a sense and then like people in Argentina they're super some of them most of them are super friendly and they can kind of tell when you're American and they'll help you out if you don't know how to like say something or don't know where to go if you're like looking for directions or something I think it was like an adjustment on that side, but I also think like I had to adjust on my own side of things, like with being comfortable in a space where I felt like a minority again. Right. And was there any, do you have any examples? I know like some friends where they're like, I have this example where this person was like racist or discriminated against me. Do you have any examples or do you think it was just like a lot of passive or there any like... There were small passive things. I don't think it was racist. I think it was just ignorant on some things. Like one of the girls on the program, we were taking a the soup. They call this the subway, the soup day. We were taking a subway to like this concert, like one, my second night there. And I was just sitting there and she asked, she was kind of looking at me. She was like, can I see your shrinkage? I just want to see your shrinkage. And I was just like, um, awkward. And then another time in class... My professor, she looks like she's probably like German descent or whatever, but she's definitely local Argentinian. And we were having a conversation in class about uh, the Little Mermaid because we had an oral, um, what's it called? An oral exam that we had to give. And the topic had to be like a something of the news that was significant that happened. And one of the girls, the only other black girl in my class, talked about how people were kind of in uproar over like Hallie being cast as um, the Little Mermaid. And then we talked about colorism and things like that. And then the girl is biracial, so I don't think she looked black to my teacher. And when the girl said that she was speaking on behalf of other black women like her, the teacher literally said, what the F, you're black? (laughs) 
and it led to a whole conversation about like, what? yeah, it was That's a lot. Crazy. <laughs> and she didn't mean anything negative by it, but it's literally just like they're not exposed to it. So she was just like mm-hmm. in awe that this girl was black. And then we had a whole conversation with the rest of that class about like levels of um, colorism and discrimination. No, yeah, that's crazy. Actually, <laughs> just the reaction. I feel like when you're in spaces where there's not a lot of people of color, like just people don't know how to like even interact with you or like react yeah. to like different things. Like I remember like my professor literally in Madrid talked about like gentrification and it was literally just like rich white people moving like out, richer white people moving into a rich white neighborhood so like the less rich people had to move out i'm like this is not gentrification wow yeah. <laughs> and like yeah and she was like comparing she's like just like in the u.s right and we're just like no yeah <laughs> no, i definitely feel that i think in our class like we had two professors for the same class but the one professor i was talking about that responded that way she asked us a lot about our american experience and our experience as like being people of color because nobody talks about it in argentina because it's very homogenous So nobody knows. Even like I was in an Uber one time and the guy was so nice and we were speaking in Spanish about like, because at that time that I was in Argentina, they were having their primary elections. So a lot of people were talking about the political climate of the country. And he was asking me about um, like Trump and stuff like that. And he was like, we love Trump and um, he's such a great guy. And I know you guys must love him. And we were were just like, no, like he's a symbol of (laughs) racism. Oh my God. (laughs) Right. But I think they more so look at him as a celebrity than they do like a political figure that like perpetuates this like unjust system and like systemic oppression and stuff because they were also like we love Obama he came to visit so I think it's honestly just ignorance in the most innocent way yeah did you get to learn about any of like the history of like why Argentina is so like white or like why there's so many immigrants in like your classes Mm -hmm. we actually talked about it I went on this tour um, that my program provided for and when like during the times of slavery and everything they literally believed in the I don't know the aspects of slavery so much that that they wouldn't mate with their slaves like they literally looked at themselves as so much better that they would not even like mix with what they felt was like beneath them so there wasn't a lot of like there weren't there wasn't a lot of like biracial kids being produced at the time and then also I think they had and I might don't misquote I might be totally incorrect but I think that during the times of their wars they essentially did like a genocide and got rid of like all the black people that were there or tried to indigenous and black people yeah that's sad I remember when I was yeah I heard some stuff about like in South America like especially like in Brazil there's like Sao Paulo which is really white and Mm -hmm. they basically like just encouraged immigration to like make the country more white and like balance Mm. out like the millions of black people that they imported anyways Mm. so like there's like south america is very hineousing on that front Mm -hmm. um cool i think any other comments you have about maybe like you said the locals were like kind of underground like that were black or brown so like what did you mean by that exactly i think the one thing i really liked about argentina was their that art existed everywhere. And I think that like in the underground spaces, that's where people were free to be themselves. And that's where a lot of like minorities found themselves like collecting. And we went to different events because nightlife there is super, it's a lot like 
restaurants don't open till nine o'clock and clubs don't close until 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. So when we went to that one concert that I was telling you about, it was a concert put on. It was called La Bamba de Tiempo. And it was like a drum, music, percussion type concert. And it was and they had that and then an Afrobeats party right after. And there were two. They looked like African dudes, but they probably were like Argentinian, too. That's where like I would see people of color congregate. Like I wouldn't see mm-hmm. them during the day. I would see them at night like living or celebrating or having fun, like that's where they existed. Is it kind of like the U.S. where like people of color are kind of like segregated in certain cities, like in different neighborhoods or were there like no kind of neighborhoods because there's so little? I understand what you're saying. I don't know if I'd be able to answer that accurately because there were certain parts of Buenos Aires that I just couldn't see. I think that Mm -hmm. I don't think Buenos Aires was really segregated by color. I think it was more so segregated by like socioeconomic income and stuff like that or socioeconomic status because the poverty rate there is like 33 percent. And they had a significant like amount of homeless people in just like poor areas like barrios. So um but I would see more so like um, they call the Buenos Aires people Porteños. I would just see Porteños there and they would just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't see a lot of people of color like segregated that much. I was going to say, do you think like were people kind of able to tell that you were American and did they treat you probably nicer than like other black people or black or brown people in the area? Or would mm-hmm. they kind of just assume that you were black or brown and I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like um, people just didn't acknowledge okay. <laughs> like, one way or the other. I think that was like kind of just the culture of the city. It's actually a lot like New York. Okay. Um, but also like when we had that conversation in class when she was surprised that the other girl was black and the girl said she was biracial, I told her that I was biracial too. And she was just like, no, but I, I knew you were definitely black though. Okay. So maybe okay. that's it. Because I, I would feel like I would get stared at a lot. I just didn't know if that was because like I was black or because I was American yeah so well i guess we can we kind of hit that pretty hard (laughs) we can move on to some questions more questions about like your best and worst times in argentina so (laughs) um i guess i don't know if we can consider worst or best but like describe some culture shock like situations you had being there (laughs) there was a lot i think the first thing was it was so (laughs) the biggest culture shock and the biggest surprise, which was kind of my fault because I didn't think to ask, but the season was different. It was winter down there and I thought oh. it was the summer. So when I went, I packed my bathing suits and open toed shoes thinking I was going to be real cute on someone's beach. <laughs> and it's like 30, 40 degrees. Oh, no. no. <laughs> you did not. I can't believe this. Right. It was freezing cold. And I was like, oh, my God. And the day I got there was so ironic because the day that I flew in, it was maybe like. 60 or 70 degrees. So I'm thinking, oh, it must be a cold summer day, like a little breezy <laughs> summer day. And the people that picked me up, they were like, this is the nicest day we've had in a while. And I was like, yeah, it must be like real cool. I know it's probably like really hot. And then the next day I was up, it's 30 degrees. <laughs> I'm like, stop playing. So I had to buy a whole coat. So that was the first like shock. Um, the other one is that I think just as like the things that we're accustomed to in America in terms of amenities, like they don't have those luxuries there. Like so, AC. Like, AC, um, hot water for showers, a regular shower. My showers are no hot long. water. Girl, it was two minutes of hot water, and that was barely hot. Oh. In the winter time. In the winter time, <laughs> I would have flewed at home. <laughs> they also don't believe in like mat. What's it called? Comforters. They had like sheets, and that was my blanket. So it was super cold at night because the house was just super drafty. You won't um, believe today <laughs> when I get my mom to ship me wood. No, for real. <laughs> um, so that was the one thing 
with like the season and everything. And I think the other one was, it wasn't hard to adjust to the food, but they definitely don't believe in breakfast and they barely believe in lunch. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like when I was there, I definitely lost weight because they tended to go to, um, they had like bakeries there and they would get like a croissant and coffee in the morning. Coffee and like a piece of toast would be their meal for the next like 12 hours of the day. Sheesh. Okay. (laughs) So what type of like, what would be like a dinner food or like what was like the staple meal? I feel like. They had different things. My, the host mom would cook like different things, but and her cooking wasn't bad. I just she so they have like a really big Italian influence there. So there was like a pizza or Italian shop on every corner. Okay. Um, they were also really big on like their meat because I guess it's a lot of grazing land there since Argentina is so big. So they would do a lot of like um, grill plates. They called them like asados. So they would have like steaks and things like that. But they also had a lot of stuff for like college students in the area because food there is super cheap. Mm-hmm. So we would get burgers a lot, burgers and fries. What else? I'm trying to think. They had like local meals, but I can't remember the names for them. But like oh, a lot yeah. of pasta based stuff, a lot of carbs. Okay. So was it kind of like being like you said, there's a lot of immigrants. So were there like diversity in foods? Like I feel like in Spain, everybody ate the same thing. Mm, There definitely were. There's actually a huge like Asian population there. Um, They had the Chinatown like 10 minutes down the block from like where I lived. So there was a lot of I had sushi like every week. (laughs) Um, They also had this vegan. Isn't that nice? (laughs) They had this vegan store called Amazon on every corner, too. So they had a lot of options. They had a lot. So they had a lot of like different pastas and stuff, because a lot of the immigrants that are there are like refugees from maybe Venezuela or Chile. There was a lot of people from Peru, too, that I met. Um, And then again, like Asians, a lot of Japanese, Chinese, um, Korean. And then they had like a huge Colombian um, presence, too. So there was definitely like a mix. And then again, like the Italian, German influence, a lot of Italian food, a lot of Chinese food. Wow. That's a good mix. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Was food expensive or like cheap? Very inexpensive. So the, um, for every one US dollar is 54 pesos and like a burger might cost two, three American dollars. That's not bad. Yeah. It just depends on where you go. Certain things like I would spend maybe like $8 for a, a lunch Every time we had class, like during our break um, for like two things, a sushi, a drink and like a significant lunch that would probably cost like 15 to 20 dollars here in the U.S. So the food was definitely okay. cheap. So what was there like what you do for fun while you're there? Any like night nightlife experiences? Like mm-hmm. I never went myself, but a lot of like I wish I had. I was trying to go so much, but they have like a beliches there, which is like their clubs. And they would go. I went to the one like my first night that I was there. To the, mm-hmm. the Afrobeats party was held in a club, and it was it was hilarious because it was like all the white tourists there trying to like dance like Afrobeats <laughs> and do all their stuff. And um, so like they definitely had a lot of clubs there. They love like they party hard. Okay. Too hard for me. I'm a grandma. But, um, <laughs> they also had a lot of wine tasting. Is super big there. I went wine tasting twice. Super super nice. Like literally people there. You can just sit and talk for hours. Like people be in the same restaurant for six hours there wow. just from like 10 to I don't know two two three in the morning um so they're definitely like it's a big social city they also had a lot of like I said the art that they had there was beautiful so I loved going to the museums when I was there they would have different exhibits and like just different events that would be super interactive for like the locals that were there tourists that were there so there was actually a lot to do while I was in Buenos Aires nice and what would you say was like your most memorable experience like out of mm-hmm. every the whole four weeks that's one thing you really took home <laughs> Girl. One up, so the daughter of my host mom, she took me to this park called the Memorial Park. And it was dedicated to 
all the people that were victims of the state. I think during the 70s and the 80s is when they had like a dictatorship where they killed off 8,000 of their own people, which is a part of their history that I had no idea about. And they dedicated this entire park to them, like on the coast of the this, the, the river called like the Rio Plata. And um, the art that was there was actually created of the children by the children of those that were taken. And they called the people that were taken desapatacios because mm-hmm. they were killed off oh, by the government. I watched a d- movie on that. Really? Because I took a, a Latin American film class. Yeah. Wow. That stuff yeah. was wild. Bro, I had never learned of it before. And when they were telling me their history, I was like, this is incredible that such a crisis like this happened in the world. And like, we don't learn about it. Yeah. And um, they had they had the names of like all the people that were taken. And literally, like there was a boy, the youngest boy they took was 14 years old and they killed him off. And they um, called them the disappeared because they never found the bodies of those that were taken. And a lot of them were like our age, like college students. And I think that was just super impactful to me because like I was looking at people my age that were taken like by their yeah. government. And that's part of the, I think the reason why why they have like such a vocal like a political voice and a socially activist voice because there's a lot of like activism that I see in Buenos Aires like they're very liberal like even with their history of like racism and prejudice that I like looked up before I went there they were like the ninth country or ninth city yeah the ninth country in the world to legalize gay marriage and they're very like forward-thinking people very accepting like on a social position. So Mm. like the park was dedicated to like the spirit and the voice of those that were taken. And it just kind of, I feel like it, I don't know, captivated the spirit of the city in such a beautiful way. So I love seeing that park. Yeah. That's my favorite part of it. That's really cool. That's so crazy because we like definitely learned about that when I was in Madrid because we were just like the class was just about like any film that came out of Latin America. So yeah, that was crazy. It was crazy to learn about it. Yeah, I have like so many videos and stuff from that park. It was crazy. Wow. Okay, so what would you say? What was one mistake you made when studying abroad? <laughs> the uh, winter versus summer. Uh, yeah, I guess that would yeah. be <laughs> that would be a pretty big mistake. <laughs> I also would say like there was the biggest mistake that I made like outside of the whole season thing was you have to know the difference between taxi cabs and Ubers because I was leaving from a um, like the wine tasting place one night and I think I was. I wasn't like tipsy, but I was, my eyes were low and I went into the wrong car because I had ordered an Uber and the taxi cabs are super aggressive. And I got in this taxi and he took me like on the other side of the city where I did not want to go. And when I told him like about the mistake that I made, he was like pretending not to understand me in um, Spanish and everything like that. Mm. And when he finally took me to my house, I didn't have enough money. Like, oh, so I always have cash on you. That's a mistake. I didn't have cash on me all the time. And when um, he took me to my house, but realized I didn't have enough money to pay him, he almost drove off with me in the car and like took me to the police station. Oh so, my god, <laughs> no. that's crazy. So I would say definitely like have a buddy like when you travel, especially if it's your first time, because um, mm. I think one of the things that my program kind of did that I would probably like tell other students that we're traveling to be aware of is like make sure you have people enough people in your program that you can like do things with so you're not alone I did a lot of independent travel while I was in Buenos Aires I made mistakes like that that Mm -hmm. I feel like could have been avoidable and also always like have cash on you be prepared yeah for sure so yeah that's 
that's kind of scary actually <laughs> going it through that. I didn't know yeah. how to some out in Spanish but I definitely said like let me out the car yeah <laughs> sheesh okay and then did you get to like travel around South America even though it was only four weeks I know you probably didn't I wanted time. to I had a lot of my classmates they went to like Mendoza or they went to Uruguay for a weekend mm-hmm. I think it's difficult to do everything that you want to do with just four weeks yeah so I think if you because one of the things I wanted to gain while I was there is to be fluent and I definitely got better like in terms of my skills and like understanding in Spanish but I need more than Mm -hmm. just a month there because there's so much to see and so much to experience yeah um so I went to a lot of places locally but and we were supposed to go to a vineyard and that whole trip like didn't work so if you I guess if you were to go back would you do you feel more comfortable like I guess being there like yourself Mm -hmm. and then maybe like with a couple friends I guess and then traveling around like to different countries maybe if you had the time oh yeah for sure that's definitely I always wanted to um like just travel the world in my life in general and I think this experience definitely reinforced that Mm -hmm. and I think as soon as like the program was ending is when I started to get comfortable with being in the city like I was familiar enough to like be a local Buenos Aires too Mm -hmm. so like now I think I would be so much more comfortable because the culture shock was kind of wearing off at like towards the end of my um time there would you go back for longer shorter or just like not again (laughs) i think i would go back like for vacation and i think that if i did go back for a longer period of time it would be for like an art internship or something maybe more geared towards my career because i'm a psych major and part of what i want to do is counseling and rehabilitation and they um really advocate for mental health like in south america period and in latin american culture and i think i would be there maybe to like have a different experience growing up as a counselor, as a psychologist there. That'd be cool. So we wanted to just like wrap up everything to see if you had any advice for anyone looking to study in Argentina. Oh yeah, for sure. I think the first, the biggest piece of advice, like ask questions, like, and I think if I was to tell people, I would want them to like know which questions to ask. Cause I think my mom and I were learning, like we didn't know what questions to ask. Cause that was my first time abroad. It would definitely be like, know the season, like where you're going, what the <laughs> yeah. climate's going to be like, what the weather's yes. going to be like. Yeah. Also like ask questions about the history and do the research before you go there, just so you can get a better scope of where you're going and how you might feel. I would also say ask questions about the program that you go with too, to get a feel for who would be a part of it. Cause I think one thing I didn't ask is like, about the demographic of my program and it was I was one of six people that were there and I think if I was to go like other people that I was that were in my class had programs there that I probably would have rather been a part of nothing against CIS abroad I just think they did more to facilitate the experience of their students and like actually took them to like see the city and to see Argentina and really like invested in their experience whereas mine I was grateful for it but it was much more independent and kind of like gotcha. not as structured yeah um so do research for your program too based off of what you want in terms of how long if you really want to be immersed I would really suggest like being there for longer because Argentina Mm -hmm. Buenos Aires in general was just like a beautiful experience and you had opportunities to really be like immersed in the city but you had to like take the initiative to do it yourself yeah yeah that makes sense and then good tips thank you (laughs) (laughs) did you I guess are there any misconceptions about Argentina that you want to put to rest like I didn't know about misconceptions about Argentina before I think like maybe for people that do research as people of color Mm -hmm. as like black people because like the research I did my professors were telling me it's a racist city based off their history Uh 
But I think Buenos Aires and then Argentina are separate entities because cities tend to be more yeah. inclusive and liberal and things like that and understanding. Mm-hmm. I think um, Buenos Aires was, was much more diverse than I thought in terms of like diversity of thought, even if it wasn't like diverse in color. But I think that they're definitely like a, they're allowed people. They're very like opinionated, but they're also very welcoming. Yeah. Like, I don't know about specific misconceptions, but it's nothing to like be afraid of if you wanted to go like as a black woman. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was in danger because of my race. I just felt like there were definitely things that they're not exposed to, mm-hmm. but there was also opportunities. Like a lot of them wanted to learn about me yeah. and about my experience and about my American experience too, because they were curious. Okay. So. Cool. All right. So our last question is in general, why do you think it is important for black women to travel, especially like young black women who are like in their twenties? Oh yeah, for sure. I really think that all of us were like, each of us are in our early twenties now, but I think that this is the decade where you can really take advantage of like adding to your like understanding and knowledge and wisdom as a young person. Like this is our opportunity to really experience the world. And I think people get very comfortable in their bubbles and being in Argentina taught me that America is a very like in comparison to the rest of the world it's it's not as significant as we think like we're not I think it really like kind of put me off my but it humbled me in a lot of ways because you get to see something outside of what you're accustomed to and I really like empathize with people that I saw there because one of the things that I did in Argentina was volunteer with kids who wanted to learn English and if we think that like our circumstances here are bad, like we need to look at the the ways that they're living over there, like with virtually nothing. I just think like as a black woman too, like also just the way that we're marginalized here, just like the things that we experience here, I think it's good to empathize and see the experiences of other people to understand more about ourselves. Because I think like just as a human race, we're all connected and it's important to get a grasp of like how we're connected to the rest of the world by being outside of America too. Okay, cool. Yeah. Definitely agree with all of that. Well, thank yes. you so much, Ayana. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thanks for being our first interviewee. Oh my goodness, yeah. thank you for asking. This part. I'm so excited for y'all come up. I stand. Yes. Right. You want to promote any of your socials before we close it out? Like, oh, sure. So my only social is Instagram because this girl's not on Twitter. <laughs> but um, my Instagram is at Ayana Renee underscore. And that's one N in the Ayana and then two E's in the Renee. Cool. So go follow her and go follow us at Melanin and Miles. So yeah. that's it. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you're subscribed to receive new episodes every Tuesday and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. We also love to talk to you guys on social media. So share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram stories tagging at Melanin and Miles to start chatting with us.